Welcome to the Onyx Report, a program that critically analyzes the experiences, histories, and perceptions of black males in American society across age, class, region, sexuality, and profession. I'm your host, Dr. T. Hassan Johnson, Associate Professor of Africana Studies at Fresno State, black male studies scholar, and black male advocate. In the program, we examine current events and major issues using an empirically driven black masculinist theoretical lens thus including such concepts as the black male dual economy, anti-black misandry, phallicism, the subordinate male target hypothesis, and the black dynarchy. Our goal is to remind people, including black men themselves, of black men's humanity. Join us every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, either on YouTube or innerlightradio.com. All right, people. Welcome back to the Onyx Report. It's, uh, it's going to be a pretty busy night uh, tonight. Uh, what we, we're going to start out with here on Inner Light and transition onto YouTube with two distinct shows. Uh, so tonight we're starting with um, uh, an interview with uh, a favorite uh, brother of mine who uh, we, we're, we're referring to as BGS because that is what he is. Um, Black Gnostic uh, Speaks. I'm going to call him Black Gnostic Supreme, but we're going to We'll get to that in a little bit, but uh, we're going to be talking about the coronavirus and we're going to be asking the question, is it real or is it a hoax? Um, that will be from roughly five to six o'clock, depending on uh, um, uh, Brother Jamal's uh, per- you know, perception of things. But then from there, after six uh, on YouTube, on a live stream, we'll be talking about uh, the death of a security guard at the hands of a family over the issue of wearing a mask. And I'll be getting into that and dealing with some of the dynamics of that. And then uh, having a discussion with a good colleague of mine there, Kendra D, also known as Crimson Cure, as we talk about the uh, gender uh, implications uh, and family structure and gender role implications and a a variety of other things that pertain to that particular killing. Uh, And then following that uh, in the same stream, we'll open it up and actually have a live stream discussion on that, so it's going to be a pretty busy night. So I hope you stick with us from Interlight to YouTube. Uh, you can catch that uh, also on Facebook. If you go to my Facebook page, you'll be able to see the stream as well when we're done here. And uh, I will likely post this discussion with BGS. Um, it'll probably be either later tonight or tomorrow, depending on uh, whether or not I pass out. <laughs> anyway, um, so I, normally you guys know I start with current events, but because of the importance of what we're all grappling with right now i'm not going to do a lot of that tonight uh we'll probably delve into you know a variety of current events as we go but i wanted to just jump right in so first of all man thank you for for coming in especially on such short notice uh brother bgs um i appreciate you being willing to do that how you doing i'm doing good i'm doing good Uh, how about yourself doing doing good man i'm i'm you know I'm, i'm in this house with my son so we're so having you... a lot of the time building. <laughs> so mini monk mode, huh? Um, yeah, it's definitely that. Uh, you know, I don't know if anybody saw the video of the father and son at home, and the son was playing video games, and the, and the father fell down the stairs and had to get up and yell at his son about helping him out with some stuff. We're we're, we're kind of close to that. My my Xbox has my son's attention more than anything else. <laughs> but anyway, despite all of that, let's let's jump right in, man. There's been a, a lot of discussion, as you know, as understandable mm-hmm. about the veracity of this, whether or not there actually is, you know, a pandemic. 
you know, there have been a lot of discussions around, you know, Dr. Buttar, Donald Trump, of course, Mm -hmm. China. um, Is all of this fabricated? Is it real? And and in an era where we have such access to information, one of the things that we often lack is context, is clarity, is narrative. um, And that seems to be the currency of the day. Uh, whereas when I was coming up, if you wanted information, you know, hopefully you owned a, thesaur- a thesaurus and a, an encyclopedia collection. Mm-hmm. But now we're in an era where at the tap of your fingers on your phone, you can access all kinds of information. But then the question becomes what's accurate? What isn't? You know, how do we measure? Um, so I wanted to start with just can you tell us from your assessment, what exactly is this coronavirus? And uh Okay, okay. Uh, from me tracking this, because I first started tracking this in late January when it was first announced that it was a real thing, and I really got serious with it with the uh, lockdown of, you know, that everybody saw the armed lockdown of, uh, of the Wuhan province. Uh, they locked down over 10 million people and didn't allow them in or out. And that really got my attention in mid, like mid February. And mm-hmm. so I reached out to uh, a couple of specialists that I know. One, uh, a genetic scientist in Los Angeles and also a, a pharmaceutical scientist in, in Philadelphia. And I asked them, um, what, what did they see this and is this a real thing? And they said, this is definitely a real thing. And at the time, this is way back in like uh, uh, early February, they said, this is probably coming out of a lab. And they said okay. this, you know, months ago. So uh, I've been tracking it ever since and uh, it is very real. And that, when, um, there's actually a uh, a, a video on YouTube talking about the uh, the documentary on on the uh, what they call the the uh, COVID nineteen or the Wuhan virus, right? Done by a uh, by a uh, an alternative press site called Epoch Times, which I don't particularly trust them. But the thing is, I actually looked at the video and they showed the documents going all the way back to two thousand six. Mm. In other words, uh, there's a, such a program called gain of function uh, for viruses, right? Uh, in other words, enhancing the virus to do certain things, whether it's uh, cure cancer, uh, 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 cure genetic diseases, all, uh, uh, defeat other viruses. In other words, it's a gain of function where you actually take existing organisms and enhance them to do all sorts of things. Okay. And, um, and this particular uh, this particular virus, uh, I'm trying to remember the lady's name. They call her the Bat Woman because she specializes in bats and coronaviruses. Okay. And she's been doing this since 2006. In fact, she's done all kinds of peer-reviewed papers, and I think one was actually nationally known. She actually did it back in in 2017 and another one in 2013, which the Epoch Times actually shows. You know, they actually shows in this long documentary where they show Chinese sources and whatnot. And, uh, and then in, in 2017, uh, uh, well, in 2013, 2014, in fact, I was just looking at it. 2014, uh, uh, President Obama didn't like the way it was going, so he cut off funding for gain of function uh, in studying viruses. Okay, mm. 2014, in, in, I think it, uh, it says October 2014. In December of 2017, Donald Trump actually re, re, uh, re-energizes the program in 2017 under Dr. Fauci. Okay. 
So okay. it's, it's no wonder that you would you, you might see these kind of things. In fact, that was one thing that Obama was saying that we need to uh, have a moratorium on this kind of stuff because we don't know, you know with all these CRISPRs out here and, and playing with these or playing God with these organisms, what could actually come out. And uh, this could be, in my estimation, one of the results. But as far as this particular virus, um, um, uh, 2017, they they actually knew that this this virus existed, but only in animals, especially only in bats, which was the reservoir reservoir for it. And in 2017, the the, the COVID SARS two existed, but but they hadn't crossed over into the human population mm. until, until 2019. So the thing is, the virus does exist. It does what it says it does. Uh, they've been playing with this virus since uh, 20 uh, 2006. Uh, Especially intensely since 2013, with the remember the uh, the reports of, uh, about the National Institutes of Health uh, giving 3.7 million dollars to the Wuhan uh, uh, Virology Lab for this kind of work. That's what it was for, even though they deny it now. But the thing is, it's on record that they did. Okay. So well, let's let, thing. well then let's cut to to the heart of one of the more central questions that I've been seeing people debating back and forth online about. Um, are there significant numbers of deaths? Are there deaths at all to this virus, or is it all fabricated? Is it is it a hoax? Are they transferring the numbers of deaths from heart disease and cancer um, arbitrarily? You know, we hear you know part of the, the discussion going on is that doctors are being incentivized and pressured to label mm -hmm. everything as a as a covid death and there and you know so you have some people that are saying there's overlap then you have others that are saying there are no covid deaths that this is all really just a, a mis a misdocumenting of death certificates to blow this out of proportion what's real in regard to these deaths okay um uh that was a question and for whatever reason the new york times took exception to it and so they actually went back over the data and they tracked they actually uh track the um the the average deaths per year they went over a 20 20 uh, year time period and they did it for i think it was like uh 10 states okay. and uh so they actually they actually took the average uh, uh number of deaths per year of all deaths i'm not talking about just you know uh, accidents cancer whatever just all deaths total deaths mm -hmm. and they compared it to uh, uh, the last three months of uh, of the outbreak, and what they found out was, uh, especially in New York City, um, um, basically the average death rate uh, uh, per week in New York City over the last twenty years was like between eight hundred and a thousand, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. In in April, they had seven seven thousand deaths per week. In other words, over six times the amount of expected deaths. Not not six percent, not ten percent, but six hundred percent over the expected deaths. You have this big spike, and uh, so people took exception to that. So they went to look at other states. They looked at like ten more states. Uh, I think it was uh, Philadelphia, uh, uh, Pennsylvania, uh, Massachusetts, New Jersey, uh, Michigan, and a few others. And the average was between uh, uh, two hundred percent and three hundred percent more deaths in the last three months than, than, than the normal rate during this time period over the last 20 years. Mm -hmm. And then um, there was a one later, uh, uh, which is the finance, was it the, uh, I think it was the Economist, the Economist mm -hmm. in, 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 uh, in Great Britain. Uh, 
okay very prestigious uh, hundred year old publication in Great Britain and they did the same thing but they did it for uh, for Europe and in uh, large cities around the world like uh, like Jakarta in Indonesia like uh, 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 Quito Ecuador uh, other places right and the average was at least three hundred percent uh, higher deaths in those regions in those cities in those regions than uh, uh, than the uh, I think they took it over a five-year five-year period. So, uh, if if you don't believe that COVID nineteen or coronavirus is actually causing it, the thing is, how do you explain the big spike in deaths over the over the last three months? Because hmm. nobody can explain. I've actually asked that question for you know several uh, uh, people on the other side, saying that uh, that uh, this is just normal and this they're padding the numbers. They say, well, how do you how do you explain the the, the spike in total deaths? over the past three months mm -hmm. and nobody can give me the answer well, what about the, the the question of padding numbers let's deal with that in, in terms of that um, we talk about padding numbers we talk about the, the pressure on mm -hmm. hospitals to label all deaths COVID or, mm -hmm. do we have a, an accurate sense of the deaths or do you think they're underreported or overreported where, where do you go with that um, let's just let's take uh, Okay, let's number one. Uh, there was articles uh, from USA Today, uh, New York Times, Washington Post. Uh, uh, I think I forget the, the the paper in Florida. I think the the Miami Gazette or something like that. That actually uh, even the uh, the uh, what is it Atlanta J Journal Constitution. They all they had like four papers said that uh, that the officials in uh, in the state were actually caught. Uh, Suppressing the numbers, suppressing the numbers of deaths because mm. they didn't want them recorded. Uh, Texas, uh, well, it actually was Texas, uh, uh, Texas, uh, Georgia, Florida, uh, even New York. In fact, uh, I was just reading an article just uh, a few minutes ago where um, there's a there's a uh, you know uh, New York City is listed like thirteen thousand uh, confirmed uh, COVID deaths. Right, mm. but they have like five thousand of what they call uh, unconfirmed, okay, that are, that are excess that they haven't been identified because or haven't been identified as COVID nineteen. So those are unconfirmed. So you have, if you look at the states, they always have a a, a, a percentage of deaths that are unconfirmed. So mm. those are those are the people that have death that may be suspected have the uh, the uh, symptoms of COVID nineteen, but they haven't been uh, tested uh, mm. by by a kit. Mm -hmm. and, and like in the early in the early days, there wasn't enough kits because the kits were it's a new virus, and a lot of the kits were uh, were inaccurate. So they've been trying they were trying for like the first couple of months to actually come up with a kit that was actually more accurate. Even though they're not completely accurate, uh, the the last thing I heard is that they're like maybe eighty five to ninety percent accurate. Even though they're going to give you some false positives and some false negatives, they're actually more worried about the false negatives than the false positives because. Uh, in the very beginning, there's a lot of people that went home. Um, uh, uh, you know, the anecdotal stories about people that have uh, gone to the hospital with the symptoms. They give them the test. The test comes back negative. They sent them home, and they then they're dead like uh, two or three days. Later. Hmm. And we're seeing that, especially in the black community. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in terms of the it, 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 the question of death. In, in regard to the virus in the black community, what are your observations about that? What are you seeing? Um, in the, it's, there's a couple things. There's there's uh, there's two things. Is that one that the black community uh, 
because of health care, they're less healthy, okay? Especially black men because they have more poor people and especially you have a, a bigger population of homeless are what, black? Um, mm-hmm. And so those are the most vulnerable people. So naturally you expect them to be uh, the, the biggest percentage of people that would that would be succumb to something like this, especially since their immune system is probably more suppressed than probably the, in any other population. So that's not surprising. And the second thing is, is that they're not getting when they do have symptoms, they're not getting the, the same health care. A lot of times, uh, I think there was a nurse on him. She, she was just saying that uh, when uh, she was actually telling black people not even come into the hospital if you get the symptoms because you may not make it because mm-hmm. the health care that you're getting in the ICU is atrocious. Um, they're uh, they're uh, the people that are because there's so many people uh, needing to be putting on uh, intubated in other words put on a, a respirator you have a lot of people that are not trained to do it so you get a lot of people that are intubating people wrong and killing them or uh, blowing up their lungs or giving them the wrong medication and or, uh, or or ignoring the symptoms so in other words you have a lot of people that come in that are that are that could make it that are dying and then you have a lot of um, black people because of whatever getting turned away in other mm-hmm. words getting in check to get symptoms because you're black, they don't want to care about you. They send you home, and you wind mm-hmm. up three days later. In fact, the uh, uh, I think there I played the uh, 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 there was a, a, a video going around of a lady uh, in in New York City whose husband uh, uh, oh, yeah. had, had, had symptoms. They they, they 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 took him to the to the clinic and they sent him home. They didn't check him. They said to go home, and she said within a day he was dead. Mm-hmm. And in fact, she was saying that. Uh, they called his, um, his, you know, 911 and said that he had COVID symptoms, and they reported it as a shooting. So they misreported the, the fact that he died of COVID. So you have a lot of people dying in their homes that are actually uh, listed as something else because they want to suppress the numbers, and that's common. In Florida, same thing. Uh, uh, basically, uh, there was a, I think it was a Florida Miami Gazette. Um, they said that the the, the uh, number of deaths that the coroner was reporting and the number of deaths that they had on their books was like they're off like maybe 10 or 15 years. and when they called them on it uh the the, the governor had to say yes uh, we, we we're holding the numbers mm. same thing with texas you know mm. so so basically they are you know in the usa today said the uh the they may be undercounting covid deaths as matter as, as much as 60 percent and the same thing in europe said the same thing they may be undercounting this as much as 40 to 60 percent so i would say they will be undercounting rather than overcounting even though even allowing for for misdiagnosis see my thought on the the undercounting had to do with prisoners and the homeless mm-hmm. you're talking about you know and i've said this several times on this show uh you know that you're talking about two severely under you know surveilled under under you know reviewed upon underreported mm-hmm. upon populations mm-hmm. and i said so by the time and they're and they're also connected right so you have mm-hmm. people who are arrested primarily because they're homeless and then you have you know people getting out of prison who don't have anywhere to go and become homeless which especially in los angeles we've seen a lot of so those two populations you know are very closely connected and neither of them are are very well studied so i said by the time you start to see you know reports especially on prisons it's probably going to be much worse than it is and in ohio we've already seen articles come out suggesting that you know you have 75 percent of the prisoners in in a given prison who are infected uh, there's been a recent report that in federal prisons, 
Uh, there's a, a, an incredibly high number of the infected already, and these are people who are basically living on top of each other mm-hmm. in close quarters and locked where they are. Um, any reflections on, you know, that dynamic as it pertains to the reporting of infections and deaths, as far as you know, the the, the prison and the homeless. Uh, you know, in in you know, um, it's easy to suppress numbers on the homeless. Okay, and. Um, and if, if if a homeless person dies, especially a homeless person dies, um, they don't even give them a test. Okay, they just give them a whatever death certificate and they bury them. Those are a lot of those are what they call the un, un, uh, un, un, undiagnosed. In other mm-hmm. words, uh, they weren't checked. They don't even test them for the kit. They just bury them. In fact, you see a lot. There's actually a picture, a video of a uh, of a uh, uh, I forget what the island is off the Bronx, right? With, mm-hmm. with Potter's Field, where they're actually digging trenches and basically uh, digging like mass graves, like where they buried like eight thousand people that are unclaimed bodies you know, in, in the past month. Those remember the prisoners that had digging graves in uh, from Rikers mm-hmm. Island. Yeah, mm-hmm. they had they had those prisoners in, in in hazmat suits burying those bodies like three deep into a mass grave into a trench. Well, and that didn't even include the uh, the trucks. That we were seeing reported upon in outside of funeral homes, U-Haul trucks, 18-wheeler trucks being loaded with bodies, mm-hmm. um, and 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 one of the things that I, you know, I, I, when I'm watching these debates and discussions go on, mm-hmm. and I hear people, you know, the question of well, whether or not you're following corporate news as a measure of how indoctrinated you are about, you know, whether or not this this virus is real. But I'm actually interested in talking to people, especially like if we talk about New York. Right. I've been talking to nurses. I've been talking to people who work in the medical field in New York. I've been talking to even uh, even pastors who are who are in their communities who mm-hmm. are watching bodies being taken out of apartments. They're hearing mm-hmm. the side, the uh, we call it the ambulance and, going and, day and, and night, and, and the helicopters flying overhead. Yeah, yeah. Those are see to to me that's that's where I'm getting my information when I'm talking to someone who's like, no, my neighbor. You know, has been pulled out of her apartment. Two other mm-hmm. people were pulled out of their apartments last week. You know, the funeral—I mean, not, uh, the convalescent homes, where you're seeing striking numbers of the elderly passing yeah. in response to that. But then, you know, of course, the nurses that are having breakdowns because yeah. of the the load of people who are coming in and dying, and they're yeah. watching this. But then you have people that say things like, "Well, the hospitals are actually empty." You know, the nurses, the nurses and doctors are on TikTok performing videos and dancing because they really have nothing to do. The hospitals are actually empty. This is all, you know, fabricated. What do you have to say about that? Okay, it's it depends on, number one, where you are and what part of the hospital you work in, because the ICU is actually flooded. And the reason that other parts of the hospital aren't busy is because, uh, one, a lot of people are afraid to come in. And number two, they're uh for minor symptoms that would normally have uh, people coming in for either emergency or urgent care, um, you're telling people to actually stay home. Even people with, with elective surgeries that actually uh, have been postponed. Mm-hmm. So, it, because they're afraid of spreading, um, saying having somebody come in for minor surgery coming coming out with uh, infected with, uh, with 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 the with the virus. So they're telling people to stay home. So that that would uh, um, that would. Uh, have empty hospitals. It depends on where you are in the country. If you in like Arizona or some parts of Texas, hospitals are empty because because their caseloads are actually low. Mm. So it depends. If you're in the Northeast, that's probably a different story. Mm. Okay. 
Well, let's 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 stick with geography because one of the interesting questions is how this virus is impacting different countries, mm -hmm. or you know, and you know, of course, uh, there are plenty of discussions about that. I have some that you know are, are quick to point out that Sweden and Japan and South Korea and Taiwan are doing so much better, and they don't have any lockdown. Um, and you know, the U.S. and the EU are just fabricating this for their own purposes. What do we see happening internationally? Okay, uh, you got to remember, uh, Korea locked its borders uh, immediately as soon as the outbreak from from China started. Okay. So they, Korea, uh, Singapore, um, uh, Taiwan, uh, Hong Kong—they all locked their borders. They stopped incoming traffic, international traffic, immediately. Okay. Um, Singapore did the same thing. Japan did the same thing. So the thing is, they they actually locked down their borders and stopped the spread immediately. They didn't wait uh, uh, two months or three months like uh, the United States did. As soon as they heard the outbreak, they started locking their borders and stopped uh, uh, inbound traffic from from China, uh, international uh, travel. So they locked they locked down their country a lot sooner than we did. If you uh, if you look at Sweden. Sweden has 10 million people, but they have more case, as many cases and more deaths than uh, uh, like Los Angeles County, which has the same number of, po of people. Hmm. So Sweden, Sweden's spike is actually bigger than uh, out more outside than their population, because uh, 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 Los Angeles County has like 10, 11 million people, which is basically the size of Sweden, hmm. and they have like 1,100 deaths and like I think it's like 20. 800 cases and Sweden has 2,500 cases no 20, 25,000 cases and uh, like 2,400 deaths hmm. so, so their deaths are actually double the amount of, 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 of their population even though they're in Europe and the European strand is a lot more virulent but the hmm. thing is that, that um, if you look at their neighbors like Finland and, and, and Norway uh, they're in lockdown, and basically, Finland and Norway have a fourth of their cases and a fourth uh, quarter of their deaths. Mm. Mm. So Sweden, you know, I mean, Sweden could be an outlier, but the thing is, is that, um, and, and Sweden has said uh, uh, they, even though it's not official uh, social distancing and official lockdown, it's social. In other words, they encourage uh, they encourage the old folks to stay in. Uh, they encourage the uh, the social distancing, and since uh, unlike a liberal country like the United States, they, the Swedish people tend to follow orders better than we do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so and so the the, the herd immunity because it's a, the thing between herd immunity and and uh, and, a, and a lockdown and social distancing. Okay, the UK it, it, uh, originally tried, um, which is a bigger country, a more dense country. Tried herd immunity and, and a non-lockdown until uh, uh, Boris Johnson got sick and had to go to the ICU, and then all of a sudden they locked everything down. But they're they they're up to like twenty-eight thousand deaths. So the thing is, it just depends because they tried herd immunity originally until until the deaths and, and cases started to spike. You know, and that's a real contradiction in and of itself because I've had people who the same people who are arguing with me that the virus isn't real are talking about the value of herd immunity and i'm saying but in order to, first of all herd herd immunity is dependent upon a vaccine but no, it's, it's, also, de it's dependent on uh, if enough people get it and, and and have immunity and that actually uh 
recovers you know, because the virus will actually die out. It doesn't have any people, anybody to infect anymore. So the virus will actually die out. That's where but at, on but at the same work. time, you you have to first acknowledge that there's a virus. That was the second part yes. of what I was going to yeah. say. Yeah. So you have some, you know, some of the people that are arguing with me that this isn't real are also advocating for herd immunity, and I'm like, well, that doesn't seem to make any sense. But you know, that was one of the things I was going to ask you to expound upon. Yeah, they that's the thing about uh, people that uh, that say this is a hoax. They keep hopping from one uh, one theory to the next. Hmm. You know, it, you know, from from herd immunity to you know other microwaves to it's not real, it's made up, it's a uh, it, it's a it's a it's a scheme to do whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So they keep hopping from one theory to the next, and so I always ask them, okay, what is your theory? Since since you don't you believe it's a hoax, you, then what's your theory in the face of all this evidence? Mm. Well, speaking, okay, so. Um, you mentioned you, you alluded to something like a 5G uh, when we talk about the impact of that. Now, early on, I had people that called to you know called out and said, "Look, this is all a hoax, so that they mm-hmm. can build 5G towers and propagate them all around where everybody's right. in the house." Right. And then and that that and then I heard from there that 5G was actually causing the symptoms that were being mislabeled as COVID, uh, and COVID was a cover for that. And then people were saying, oh, well, you know, if 5G at least impacts immunity and diminishes its capability, what is the deal with 5G? Um, you know, what, what? how can we understand it in the context of this coronavirus, epi- you know, pandemic? And what is the reality behind 5G and where it is right now in the world? Okay, from what I've read about 5G, and this is not anything new i mean the studies of, uh, about 5g is ill health effects which could be real you know i'm not saying that they're not but could be real and it's but they've been around for like five years and there's two things that that uh that jump out at you as far as 5g the long-term effects as far as uh cancer causing and uh the other thing is neurological mm-hmm. that's the biggest thing neurological calling causing neurological effects with birds with people and stuff like that because of the microwaves okay mm-hmm, mm-hmm. those are the two those are two biggest factors and they're still debating that okay but the thing is it's not going to cause clots in your blood clots in your lungs uh, uh heart failure kidney failure liver liver uh function failure uh, even um clots in your feet it's not going to cause that so none of that, none of that can result from, say, the cancers or any of that either. No, well, cancers is a is a long term effect, mm-hmm. you know, causing mutations. But, uh, but that's been known since uh, since one G, since since cell phones first came out. Mm-hmm. That has been a known effect over the, for the last uh, thirty five years. They've been talking about uh, cancer causing uh, effects by holding. You know, remember the back of the days you shouldn't hold the uh, cell phone to your head. Because of brain cancer, yeah, right. remember that. And oh, so yeah. that's that's been an effect for the last uh, 30, 35 years, mm-hmm. um, and that really hasn't changed. The only new effect with five G is the neurological effects, affecting your nervous system, which affects birds and, and and other creatures, causing them to fly different patterns or causing them to avoid the five uh, G towers. And but that's still being studied. Oh. But but the, those effects were known well before uh, COVID nineteen. Okay, and what is the current status of 5G use, as far as you know, 
uh, you know, around the world? Like, where, where are we uh, at with that? Uh, it's basically it's 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 really starting to be rolled out or actually being turned on, like in in Los Angeles, New York, and, and other places, right? But it's been in Japan and South Korea for you know for the last you know two three years. So they've been testing this stuff for the last five years. So even though you know, uh, even though it hasn't been widely rolled out. Uh, there's been towers in New York, London, LA, places that have 5G. Okay, mm. they've turned it on to to actually uh, experiment with it. So it's not new. They've been, you know, they've been uh, uh, rolling out 5G for the last four or five years. So you any know? so any connection that we can ascertain to the virus? Um, only that that uh, the rollout, the, the actually the, the bigger the biggest rollout came simultaneously with with the uh, with the infection okay that's the okay. only thing in other words uh there may be a casual uh, effect of a, a casual connection but the thing is um the the the, the, the things that 5g causes is not the same thing that is what we're seeing with with this particular virus okay okay um let's shift gears a little bit um and we were still talking about it in a global context and we can start there mm -hmm. and come back to the u.s but the economy as mm -hmm. it's connected to this what are you seeing you know internationally and then you know what is it we can anticipate here in the u.s okay uh you know like it or not i mean back when uh when i think it was thomas friedman wrote, wrote in in, in uh, 2000 wrote the world is flat in other words uh, the globally connected economy or all, all the way around the world uh, and it's been more so f for the last 20 years where um, you've outsourced so many bits and pieces of everything to different parts of the world so basically um, the whole world is interconnected with 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 your whole manufacturing sector your your food producing sector everything that you can touch feel taste or even look at is, is mass produced off of different parts of the world and the biggest effect we saw uh, is when uh, when China locked down. China was the first country really locked down tight, okay, where you had actually had a level five lockdown where armed guards were keeping people from traveling. Mm. And uh, so they closed off their whole economy. Uh, they allowed nothing in or out for two months. So you saw things like uh, the price of oil plunge, uh, the price of uh, 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 products plunge. Um, uh, people that uh, needed uh, supply of parts and goods from China actually uh, had to actually lay off people to go broke because um, they couldn't get the, the pieces that they wanted, the products they want from China actually sell or or, 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 or uh, be placed inside their um, inside what they were manufacturing. So that was the first effect of the uh, global economy kind of taking a dip. And then, which is you know, which is the second largest economy actually uh, affected it. And then when the United States did it, then um, that hit the demand side. Mm. So even though China got back up and running, started producing stuff, they had no place to sell it. And so uh -huh. that's what you're seeing. Uh, something as small as um, as uh, meat production, okay, farming and meat production, producing food, okay, um, they're still producing food. But the thing is, if there's nobody to sell it to, your warehouses, say like 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 the meat packers, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, the warehouses and the, the storage storage the facilities are all backing up because the 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 economy is shut down. There's nobody buying it on the end. 
So the thing is, is that animals still need to be fed. Um, there's still a cost. The farmers are going broke. So they said it's cheaper to actually kill the animals, plow under the fields, than it is actually produce it. Mm. So that's what you're seeing. But the thing is, if they stop doing it, and it, it, when, when, especially during harvest time, it's going to take two or three months for them to actually replace what they just killed off. So they're actually going to have shortages. That's why you're seeing um, them announce future shortages. Because if the farmers are doing this, that's going to cut off the uh, the supply. And when demand comes back, it's going to cause a shortage. Which is why they gave you the stimulus in the first place, to keep the, keep the demand up, keep the economy flowing. So at least it does, the vital parts of it doesn't shut down, didn't shut down. The thing is, it might anyway. That's what happens when you, when the, when the economy that's this finely tuned gets out of balance. Uh, mm. People can't pay the rent. Uh, that affects the banks. Uh, uh, the, even something as small as a billion potatoes in uh, uh, in a warehouse, I think, is in Washington State. Mm. Okay, the restaurants are closed. There's no French fries being sold. Right. 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 So now you have a billion potatoes with no place to go. Mm. So so basically, uh, what happens if they destroy a billion potatoes? Okay, how long does it take to grow a potato? To, what, mm. uh, a couple of months. So if mm. they if they destroy all these potatoes, demand comes back. You're going to have a shortage. That's what happens right. when things get out of balance. With an economy this this uh, this finely tuned. We're not even talking about the banks and 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 the uh, and and, um, and uh, businesses that uh, are on a, on a knife's edge and need to pay rent and employees and. Uh, and stuff like that they can't afford to be out too much otherwise they're out of business so people that need their jobs won't have them because the the, the company's gone out of business the business has, has gone out of business um how long does it take to actually uh for people to actually come in and fill that void nobody hmm. knows it's never happened before never a worldwide economy has never been shut down like this before mm -hmm. and this is not just here it's global you know right. europe said the same problem uh asia's having the same problem uh, uh, Latin America, even Africa is having the same problem. Mm. You have a whole complete globe shut down as far as uh, as far as the global economy, and uh, a global economy that was already in trouble because of the the financial crises. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. To the recession that was already underway. Yes. Being exacerbated by this. Yeah. All of a sudden, you hit a. I see a black swan flying over over him, sticking a pin. In a, in, a, in a balloon that was already overinflated. Mm, okay. And, well, and we're seeing that definitely, you know, even though it's on a smaller scale, if we put it in a global context, but looking at African-American business, you know, it's already, you know, difficult enough that over 90% of our businesses only have one employee. Right. You know, it, it, when you start to factor in small businesses, black businesses really trying to sustain themselves, uh, how long into the quarantine would you say it took before... You know, black businesses were were deeply under threat. Um, basically, foot traffic business for for uh, for businesses that need to pay rent and pay their suppliers and whatnot, it could take a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. You know, depending on the business, uh, uh, and especially businesses that depend on foot traffic, mm -hmm. like restaurants and and, and hair salons and mm -hmm. and and stores and shops like that. Mm -hmm. uh, a, a few weeks. Mm -hmm. You know, you have a, uh, and the people actually rent to rent to them, rent this, rent the space and the supplies, and 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 uh, and people and the companies actually send them product. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it it it's a ripple effect. 
Well, do you, and do you think it's it's recoupable? And I'm speaking in terms of black businesses because often, you know, our businesses are started with no capital as it is. Mm-hmm. But you know, is it recoupable, or, or do you think it's gonna, you know, I mean, I, everything is gonna have a long term, you know, kind of impact from this, without question. But what is the viability? Uh, of black-owned businesses, you know, after the the first wave of this uh, quarantine and whatnot. Um, that's a, that's that, that's a sixty-four dollar question. Nobody knows because it's never happened before. Mm-hmm. And uh, will some businesses come back? Yeah, I do believe it. Will they come back in the same capacity? Uh, it's hard to say. What happens when people can't find jobs? Because mm-hmm. you got like uh, fifty million people out of work right now that had jobs like a couple of months ago. You know, that are behind on their bills, behind on their credit cards, behind the car payments that need to be paid, and uh, they they have to catch. They, it's going to take them too much to catch up. Well, and that's the interesting thing too, because we're not seeing you know like a permanent moratorium on on rents and whatnot for a certain period of time. You're seeing at at best if you don't see people being put out, which is something that you know I was talking to uh, a friend of mine who lives in Long Beach, and he was he was commenting to me the other day the number of people who have been put out, furniture uh-huh. put on the front lawns or in front okay. of apartment buildings, just out. But mm-hmm. alongside that, for those who weren't put out. Um, their rent is just being kind of added up and, and they're going to have to pay it off. It's not being kind of frozen or forgiven uh-huh. for a certain period of time. So it, so we're talking about people who are going to have to be climbing uphill if they were able to keep their jobs in the midst mm. of all of this and paying off an accrued debt. Mm. And that's just rent. We weren't yeah. even, we're not even talking about other expenses. Um, is that something you're seeing or am I misunderstanding that? Oh, yeah. It's something that... Uh... They, they they knew that going in. It's not something you have to see. They knew that going in. Uh, they were trying to address it, but the thing is, um, how can you address it amongst uh, you know uh, 300 million people? Mm-hmm. And um, if if the, if they do put people out, um, where are renters are actually going to come from? Mm. You know, how are you going to pay your mortgage on, mm. on your apartment? You know, or your your or your shop or your uh, uh, or your house or the house, right? Mm-hmm. 30 million people, renters and, and, and people uh, that own houses could be out in the street. Mm. And how's that going to affect the bank that has to hold all these loans? Wow. You could have a financial collapse, but nobody knows because it never happened before. Mm. Wow. Which, so is the why, cr- which is why they're bringing the economy back sooner rather than later. Uh-huh. Which which has its obvious pluses and minuses, right? So the, mm-hmm. the plus is supposed supposedly to help people get back on their feet, uh, because we've had what is it? Is is it over sixty five or seventy five million uh, claims for unemployment? Where is it at now? I, the last I saw was like uh, fifty, somewhere around fifty million claims for unemployment. Okay, I'm going to get that other number from. Damn, I think I think there's 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 a uh, there's so many people out of work. But thing is. The claims were, were were around last I saw it was like thirty thirty five million, but there's a lot of people that haven't uh, claimed unemployment yet because they're furloughed, they're not laid off. No, I'm confusing that number with something else, and I okay. I, I misspoke. But I do know in mm. terms of like you're saying, in terms of those who are filed filing for unemployment, that that's not necessarily a reflection of how many people aren't working. Yeah, you know, because you have a lot of different contexts. You have companies that you know are refusing to necessarily fire their employees. But they're not giving them hours either. Yeah. So that that makes it difficult for people to file for unemployment, depending on where you are. You might be able to file for partial, but that's usually not enough uh, to stay afloat. 
And then we know the kinds of loans, the payroll loans that were extended were nominal for a lot of people if they ever got any of it at all. Mm -hmm. The stimulus checks and most most businesses, most small businesses didn't get any of the payroll uh, loans, but the stimulus checks, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, those were for many people, those were gone before they got them. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) In fact, I heard that uh, in New York, uh, the uh, landlords actually uh, um, calling to see if you got your stimulus check. (laughs) <laughs> and uh-huh. they were taking your stimulus check before you actually do anything with it. Yeah, and that and that that's kind of a toss up because a student of mine works at Walmart, and she said people came in and cleared out all the TVs and whatnot. Oh yeah. as soon as possible. <laughs> <laughs> and we're seeing lines of people in Atlanta, you know, for the new Jordan. So it's all kinds of it's 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 chaos right now. It's but chaos right now. yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, like the toilet paper uh, riots. Great. <laughs> <laughs> <Right. laughs> Which I'm, I'm not sure what that's supposed to be helping with, but, you know, everybody went crazy. And they're still going crazy. I, I have not seen a roll of toilet tissue in the last two months in any grocery store I've been in. Yeah. You know, matter of fact, one of my students told me in the store she works at, she said two women got in a fight and one of them was elderly. Mm. And the elderly woman got punched in the face. Wow. Over a, 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 I think it was a container of Lysol spray or something like wow, that. Wow, really? Yeah, man. And that was, you know, two weeks in, I think a week into the quarantine. Oh, maybe. yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? So, yeah. absolutely crazy. But um, in terms of, 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 you know, what everyday people are grappling with, uh, trying to figure out when they're going to get back on their feet, uh, trying to sustain families, because that's one of the other things we're seeing is, is black men. In mm. particular, dying in, in large numbers, mm. for the, especially in relation to the kind of jobs that we tend to work. What is your analysis on black males' death in regard to the virus and 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 labor, the kind of work we're doing? Okay, number one, um, the X chromosome, which is responsible for mutations anyway, that's how we advance, is less stable than the uh, uh, I should say the Y chromosome is 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 less stable than the X chromosome. Okay, mm-hmm. because it's responsible for mutations. So, uh, naturally, men die earlier, die sooner. So, males always die die in greater numbers. Okay, so any kind of um, uh, uh, pandemic or any kind of uh, dislocation, males will actually die more in, in greater numbers. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, as far as the black community, black black men are actually more vulnerable than any other, any other part of the population. So black men are more homeless, like you say, in jail, in prisons. There are more, uh, uh, more of them are, are homeless. So you expect to see black men die uh, in greater numbers than any other part of the population. Mm. It's just, it just makes sense because they're more vulnerable to something like this. Mm. Mm. And we're and we're seeing the fallout of that, mm-hmm. right? Especially in terms of, of of men who are supporting families, working essential jobs. Oh yeah. Um, but even though those jobs may not be high level, they're definitely out in front of the public or dealing with people. And when we're seeing the impact of that, um, and of course, it's it, it, we're also seeing a, a kind of free for all in terms of uh, racist violence, vigilante mm-hmm. violence against black men. Are you seeing that as well? And seeing that, you seeing that that's going to happen, okay? Because uh, as law enforcement becomes less, guess what's going to happen? The the law of the jungle will actually start to rule. Um, plus, black men actually going into hospitals are actually mm. turned away more, okay? Mm. Uh, not treated uh, as, as as well, 
than mm-hmm. say than females or even uh, white people. Mm-hmm. This is common. Like uh, like the nurse was saying, a lot of your uh, people of color, which mean black men, are actually mistreated when they go into the ICU, ignored or uh, uh, given somebody with less skill to actually in, in, to intubate them or actually treat them. They're actually killing more of us in in the hospital. So well, even we're, when we make it, even when we make it, we're actually not treated as well. Well, we're even, and there's already been documentation that in terms of hospital treatment, medical care, uh, mm-hmm. black folk in general, but particularly black men, um, mm-hmm. you know, are seen as being able to, to take more. Uh, they're not seen as being vulnerable or in pain as much as white patients. Mm-hmm. We're already seeing that dynamic. That's been pretty much established before that. So mm-hmm. by the time you get to something like this, you know, we see we see how all of that treatment transitions into right. uh, the kind of care black men get. It looks like we have a caller. Uh, caller, uh, do us a favor, state your name, and tell us where you're at, and, and then pose your question. Peace. My name is Jamal Brown. I'm here in Southern California, and mm-hmm. uh, just had a question. Uh, assuming that we do make it, you know, we're the most resilient people on the planet. Been here since the beginning of time. So assuming, being optimistic, that we do make it out to the other side, what are some solutions that we can begin to address so that when the next wave of natural or unnatural things come our way we can be a uh, better positioned the only thing that that the reason that black people survive is because uh uh is our numbers okay because the black woman actually produces uh, a third more uh, offspring than any other woman on the planet and we produce more wombs so we survive by sheer numbers mm. so as far as black people on the planet even black people in america we should survive by fertility rates so uh, even though more of us may die, which in slavery more of us die, but the thing is um, we produce way more people than they could actually kill. So mm-hmm. that's that's why uh, black people are actually more resilient. Um, as far as this is concerned, because our immune system adapts faster than most uh, other groups, um, which is the reason they brought us to the Americas in the first place, is because we are more resilient to disease in numbers than... Um, that's probably the biggest reason why we'll actually make it out on the other side which is probably why Africa is not getting as hit as hard as other places because of their immune system they've seen just about everything uh, other disease that you can actually imagine which is we're not going to go down that hole about why this this, this uh, particular uh, virus exists okay mm. <laughs> we're going to mm. leave that one out we leave that for another day <laughs> there's not enough time for that one. Huh? Oh no 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 that, we, that that's that is uh that is in private and behind closed doors okay <laughs> <laughs> so okay well one of the things that, that I think is important for us to get on um you know while this in, during this last few moments is the question of viral mutation mm-hmm. right i mean one of the things we're seeing with this virus is as you were pointing out earlier it, it, it operates with different levels of intensity in different places. Mm-hmm. And in casual conversation, I'm hearing people attributing that to, you know, uh, you know, all kinds of different things, most particularly whether or not governments have responded properly. But even down to, um, you know, this just not being anything credible at all. But talk about viral mutation in regard to how this is impacting different countries you know and and what we what we're seeing okay go back to the last big pandemic we had which is spanish flu in 1918 right if you if you go on to youtube and look up great courses uh, and look uh, and look up the the spanish flu 
uh, there's a professor that actually goes through that. Okay, uh, the Spanish flu actually started in Kansas in the United States first. And even though it was uh, pretty bad, when the soldiers went over to Europe, it actually got worse. It actually mutated into a more lethal form. So when the soldiers came back uh, from Europe, it actually started killing way more people, which is the second wave, way more people than it did at first. Uh, because the um, because it uh, the way it was explained to me, it's like the law of uh, uh, it's like evolution, uh, 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 the law of the jungle, right? Basically, the most virulent, more aggressive virus actually uh, rises to the top. Strain actually rises to the top. That's what's happening. That's like I mean, the European strain is a lot more virulent and a lot more uh, lethal than the uh, the original one that came out of China, which mm -hmm. is why um, places like New York City, Ecuador, Chile have a, a higher numbers, higher percentage of deaths in comparison to numbers than, say, like California, Washington, or any place uh, uh, west of the Mississippi. Mm -hmm. Because we have two different strains. That 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 European strain, as they call it, they call it. I think they call it. Uh, 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 they call it COVID G. Is actually a lot more lethal. Which the eighth strain is a lot more lethal than uh, than the the one we have here. So New York City is getting hit a lot harder than mm -hmm. everybody else. Or the the, the eastern seaboard is getting hit a lot harder than anybody else. It's a different strain, but mm -hmm. that's common. You know. In fact, I saw Horazi uh, uh, say that. Uh, COVID actually mutates slower than other viruses. A virus mutating like this is very common. Hmm. So you, you know, like say you take uh, influenza, influenza A, B. There's a different strain, you know, every six months that comes hmm. out and affects people. That's like um, you have to have a different flu shot every year hmm. because you come out with a different strain every year, even though it's the same influenza A or influenza B. Okay. It's very well, that's common. interesting because I'm hearing people saying everything from, you know, this is either this is non-existent altogether or mm -hmm. it's just H1N1 or it's just SARS. It's you know, it, what makes this particular uh, virus distinct and how do we know it's different than what's already come? OK, uh, they you know, depending on who you believe. In fact, this Chris Mortensen just actually uh uh, said this in his recent Peak Prosperity video. Okay, this particular virus has a cutout that makes it more uh, more virulent. Uh, it's got a cutout to actually defeat the uh, the immune systems of of, of, of uh, normal cells. And the basic so SARS, even though it's deadly, it wasn't very virulent. It what didn't spread very widely. But this one has a different uh, cutout. I think it's like a. Uh, uh, 12 genes it's a cutout that makes it uh makes that spike that little spike that you see on the outside of the of the uh of the of the uh, uh coronavirus the, those little things that pop that pop up okay, okay. they have like 12 genes that actually uh, make uh, uh uh they actually make uh, uh make up those spikes it actually cuts off the uh actually defeats your, your 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 immune defenses or the spikes on your cells and actually um allow the, the virus actually enter your body so and into the cell mm. so there's specific designs to this virus that they've never seen before so that, that so that makes it a lot different than uh, than the uh, SARS SARS-1 SARS-1 was not that virulent okay even though it's pretty deadly but it's not that virulent hmm but this one is. This one's this one is more virulent than anything they've ever seen. It's actually twice as virulent as as the common uh, influenza, which makes it uh, uh, what do you call it a beast of a virus. They call this the, the perfect virus. 
They've never seen mm. anything like it. It spreads faster. It's, it's it's deadlier than anything they've ever seen. Well, if we okay, so tell us if this, in your assessment, uh, naturally occurring, lab based. How do you classify uh, the, the origins of this kind of a virus? Uh, all, all all the track record, the 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 uh, the barrages, uh, uh, comments on. We're talking about state level. We're not talking about the the garden variety dude that works in a lab someplace. Okay, we're talking mm. about state level. They've all said that this is a uh, this is a uh, they, they officially they said it's naturally occurring, but behind the scenes they said this is nothing like they've ever seen. In other words, uh, it, it couldn't have arrived naturally. It's almost impossible because it's like a, a billion to one shot that this thing could actually occur naturally, mm. with all the different components that it has. Mm-hmm. And and basically, like Chris Morton says, he's actually showing the uh, the cutouts where where where, where genes have been replaced. Hmm. Hmm. From, from, and actually exactly saying where the, where the, where those particular genes actually cause it to be virulent come from. It okay. comes from another virus that this that's more that can spread more easily. But the thing is, it, it doesn't really do anything to you. It's not not deadly. Well, one of the the, the last things I'll, I'll ask you about is you know when this started, you know of course one of the things I heard a lot about mm-hmm. was population control. Mm-hmm. Heard a lot about culling the population. Mm-hmm. Of course, we heard about Bill Gates and questions of that. As far as a virus like this is concerned, what are your thoughts about how this relates to those ideas? Okay, if, number one, if it's uh, if if most of the world is actually on a decline as far as population, it's because the, the birth rates are low. Okay, mm-hmm. um, I would say like seventy percent of the world is uh, declining as far as birth rate is concerned. Where's the only pr- place in the world where there's, there's an increase in birth rate? Africa. Where's Bill Gates? Africa. Mm. Put those two things together. This is, is going to be depopulation. Where, you, where would you depopulate? It wouldn't be in, in Europe or America. Where would it be? Mm. So where the population is growing, right? Where the population is growing. So basically, uh, while if you're importing people in the United States, why would we try to depopulate the United States? It doesn't make sense. Okay. And the and the and the question of a vaccine. Right, I think that's one of the things I've heard really the most is is, wow. a, is a fear that this is all primed to get us to accept a vaccine and a vaccine that will likely allow us to be tracked and, and whatnot. And I've been hearing this for the last few uh, couple months. What what are your thoughts about the virility of that idea? Um, uh, from all the people that are talking about AI and tracking. Uh, uh, basically, an RFID tag has never come up. Okay, Our RFID trackers have been around for the last forty years. Um, they've recently, you know, they, it's on every package that you that you uh, pick up. Um, it's easier to give everybody a, a, a free cell phone, a free smartphone, than mm-hmm. actually um, go through a big hoax to actually uh, uh, vaccinate people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because uh, uh, a smartphone, which China, which China is most one of the most controlled populations, okay, um, they don't track people by uh, RFID. RFID mm-hmm. can actually be defeated, okay. If you if you say somebody did cover, uh, inject you with some with a, a with a chip, okay, you put a piece of foil over the over the, over that area, it's going to defeat it, okay. But a, but a smartphone uh, tracks your whereabouts. You got a GPS. It's got a whole bunch of other things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, man. I really want to thank you. Uh, I know your time is is crazy, and I appreciate you 
really coming in, especially without much notice, because I, I thought of, you know, let me do this a couple of days ago and, and yeah. called you up and you were kind enough yeah. to answer and agree to it. So thank you, man. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. I just want to say one thing, man. This this virus has only been really out, depending on who you talk to, between five and seven months. OK, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's never crossed over to the human population before. They have no clue about what it will do, uh, what how it will actually mutate, how many people it will kill. It's already killed more people than the flu already, if if, if you believe the numbers like uh, the, the highest uh, the highest number of the last 40 years for a normal flu has been like 61,000 people. There's 72,000 people within two months. OK, mm-hmm. so it's well beyond the flu. I probably I wind up. Uh, the death rate will probably wind up over 100,000, which has never been done, not never, haven't been done in the past, I would say, um, 70 years. Mm. So this is not the flu, not even close. Mm. Not even well, close. It'll it probably reach 100,000 before uh, before summer. But uh, so then, and outside of a flu season, this is not the flu. Well, and that's interesting you said that because I've heard people say, well, you know, more people have died from the flu. This is nothing. It's only a few thousand people, you know, and, and, and I've not heard anybody really put that in context. Yeah. I mean, I actually went back and and uh, the, the average uh, amount of people that die from the flu is like 25,000 a year in the United States. Okay. It's been as low as 12. It's been as high as, like I say, 60,000. And we're at 70,000 and counting, 72,000, 73,000 today and counting. Mm. So and over they, a million infected and 73,000 yeah. killed. And, and normally the, the flu infects, it infects like maybe 5 million people and kills maybe, like I say, uh, at best 25,000, 30,000. Mm-hmm. And, and basically you have a million infected confirmed. You have 72,000. A lot higher infection, a lot higher infection rate than the flu, a lot more deaths than the flu. And so we really not, don't know the infection rates, right? This is that's really still a, a guess in and of itself. It's to be because they have they don't have sufficient test kits to actually test everybody. Hmm. And what are your thoughts about whether or not the test kits are are applicable to this virus? That's one of the questions I've seen raised. Uh, it's not. It, 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 it's not. The only thing is, is that if you if you test you test a number of people with with a. Uh, uh, with this kit, and and then see, and see how, and how many people actually come back with with the uh, with the infection. So mm. it's basically trial and error, like anything else. Mm. All science is trial and error. Uh, mm-hmm. Come up with a theory, you test it out, and see what comes back. Mm. And it's, it's two months is not a, you know four months is not enough time. Mm. Well, look again. Uh, thank you, brother. Uh, All right. As everybody here, listeners to my show know, you know how I like to close out. Um, I'm letting brothers know we are not criminals by birth, perennial rapists, incapable intellects, man children, sperm donors, child support, wellsprings, success objects, walking phalluses, ATM. I am here to tell you, brothers, we are not criminals by birth, perennial rapists, incapable intellects, man children, sperm donors, child support, wellsprings, success objects, walking phalluses, ATM machines, lottery tickets, unpaid bodyguards, interchangeable stepfathers, child discipline proxies, unpaid repairmen, workhorses, or any other socially accepted dehumanizing stereotype. We are thinkers, inventors, innovators, leaders, fathers, and men. Embrace your humanity, know your worth, and extend your time, attention, and resources only to those who genuinely respect you. And remember, Your worth is not defined by meeting other people's narcissistic, selfish, and unrealistic needs. You define your worth. Peace.